Welcome back to a new episode of Live Evil Pod. We are here, we are back, and with me today in this show, old friends, faces <laughs> that you probably won't be able to see through this podcast, but you'll recognize their voice immediately. The 100 Talk Pod, the LCS Pod Dads, Jordan and Cole, <laughs> welcome back. The dads are here. <laughs> the dads are back. Thank you, man. Thank you. That's so so kind of you to introduce us as the fathers. We like it. We'll make it stick because you guys are going to be very famous. Well, I'm going to talk a little bit about that on you know what <laughs> they showed today. It's a very very nice you know uh, mention from the org itself. We got to see your face on there. All right. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That was really unexpected. It was just all of a sudden. There's a five-year anniversary thing and we're in it a couple of times it was pretty awesome yeah the uh the the clip they chose was a great one too it's such a fun uh that was gabe way back when he was doing the heist right yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. during the heist times we had uh gabe ruiz on as as a as a guest and then they also had a a, a clip of us celebrating the uh valorant Valorant title i believe yeah the the first strike championship so it was awesome we loved it It is awesome, and you will find that link in the show notes. Even though we're Live Evil, we always love our friends of the pods, and we will share that. What If you had, didn't catch it yet, it's a five-year anniversary or celebration of 100 Thieves, and it was just amazing mm-hmm. to see like where they started and how they got here today and where they're going. It's I think that's the future, that exciting part. So it's a goal of ours, too, to get to that point. But you guys, your, your faces are on there. They love you as their content creators, <laughs> and we're unofficial. We're, yes, unofficial. Hard to be but free content. <laughs> it's on there. It's on there forever. It's up on the internet. You know what they say about that. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Oh, wonderful. And we have a lot to uh, talk about tonight because this is uh, free agency week. Although many of the mm. signings are still rumored. We have a lot of news already released. Thank you, Wulu. Thank you, Evie, for you know throwing things out there. Travis, also, if you didn't catch his pod, also throw out a couple of rumors about the roster. So it's shaping up to be a very interesting year, and I only had time to discuss what it looks like for Evil Geniuses, and I'm glad I have you both tonight because there's a lot of crossover. There's a lot of crossover. Yeah. Uh, yes, there's right. Where It's the handing over the torch, right? <laughs> <laughs> and we will dive Take into that. Boy. We will we yeah. will ask you what your favorite memories are for not one, not two, not three, but four former 100 Thieves. Remember, <laughs> we'll address all of those very soon, but let's take a bit of a rewind because Worlds, that was just like, what, two weeks ago? And Oh, gosh, dude, yeah. Felt that, so it's, it feels long. like a lifetime ago, but yeah. Yeah, three three weeks month. ago, something like it that. It could yeah, be three like, weeks ago. Um, I was talking to, wow, I was talking to Knox. I was talking to Robert. It's like, wow, it was only that short ago. And so, yeah, three, three it feels like good. forever. But we, we fortunately did have the chance to go and see semifinals in Atlanta, um, specifically on the Saturday. So we got the JDG versus T1 match. And it was really fun to actually take the trip and, and make it happen. So, And I wanted to talk to you guys about that because I got to see the the events through the eyes of others. But your eyes, you were at Atlanta for the semifinals. Walk me through, how did LCS do? How did Riot Gaming's do in just making, uh, you know, everyone feel world's atmosphere? Oh, you know, so it's weird because... 
there wasn't a lot of team activation, mm. <laughs> obviously, like, like there wasn't a lot of that happening. Um, but there was this kind of like interesting feeling in the, in the arena and Jordan, you can tell me if you agree with this, mm-hmm. but it's like, even, even though the teams weren't activating, the fans brought it like crazy and, and riot production at events is really, really good. And so the, the union of the great production and fans that really were there to scream their heads off, it was like, it was super fun. Now there might've been a different vibe at the days when we actually had LCS squads playing. We did yeah. not, right? We were we were there for an LPL versus LCK matchup, but it was still incredibly hype. We saw tons and tons of jerseys. Believe it or not, we saw a handful of the jerseys you're wearing in that crowd. We saw lots and lots of Hundred Thieves jerseys. We got stopped by Hundred Thieves people, and you know it was it was like really cool. There was there the fandom showed up extremely well, and I thought that that had such like a good effect on the the overall thing. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, mm-hmm. It was very cool to see all of the, um, and even just like around the city, right? So, <laughs> yeah. For those who've not been to Atlanta, this was at the at the place where the um, the basketball team plays. The Hawks. And yeah. it was kind of right in the heart of the downtown area. Downtown. Mm-hmm. So walking around town, you would see, like it was very clear, like oh yeah, this is the LCS takeover. And then Sunday, they also had the the Falcons playing at the the NFL stadium <laughs> down the street. Uh, so it was a mixing of crowds. You know, you had your your NFL fans too. Um, but Saturday, and it was like you couldn't find a table to eat anywhere. The the whole city was crawling. So it was just cool to be around a bunch of people who love and appreciate the same thing. Um, especially afterwards, where everybody realized, like, wow, that was that was quite a series, quite a uh, a feat that we just witnessed from one of the greats of all time and uh, the team around him. So it was, the the atmosphere was very cool, and you could tell people were just happy to be out again at a live event. Yeah. Love to hear that. I mean, that for fans showing up, it shows the connection, the loyalty to League of Legends esports, and just a, a an amazing. And Atlanta is not one of the city you think about when you connect League of Legends and esports. No. Um, you have Chicago, you have San Francisco, maybe, but they made a a New York, very maybe. Yeah, yeah, New York, absolutely New York, uh, which was where the group stages were being held, and. Atlanta was just surprised to me. It was very close by. Um, you know, I I can almost see what you guys are talking about because I've been there a couple of times. The Olympic Park, the, where the Mercedes-Benz <laughs> Stadium was, where the Atlanta Hawks are playing. Yeah, and just to hear that the crowd stayed, <laughs> even though it was a pretty much a Eastern <laughs> kind of battle. Uh, oh, yeah. But yeah, just uh, give it yeah, to the fans. We're all rooting. We're all fans of a good five-game series. We oh, have four. On our day, yeah, um, yeah, but and, it was just good. And we had, legends. and we had like a, a very even split in our section of like people cheering for LPL and people cheering for LCK, mm. and then there was lots of people like us who cheered for Great League of Legends. Yeah, you know, yeah. so everybody won on that day. It was it was great. I loved it. Wow, wow, I gotta it make well it up for. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's gonna say so long as they get to keep doing live in person events, both mm-hmm. for Valorant as well as. You know, the mm-hmm. LCS, and hopefully they get some good tournaments going for that. I think this upcoming season should be a fun one for, yeah. you know, whenever we do get, whether it's finals, spring finals, or I don't know if they do anything for lock-in. We'll have to see. They've never done a lock-in no, um, in played live studio. event era. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. exciting to see. That's true. We're just getting our feedback into the, thing, uh, you know, in the flow of things. You at Houston. Mm-hmm. I completely forgot where summer was played. Uh, Chicago, Chicago. Was oh, it was Chicago. Summer. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, a lot more cities involved. You'll see a lot more people, and it's uh, glad to see LCS is doing things to draw in attention, which is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, good to see, good to hear, and good interest now. Heading into the off season, a lot of changes, a lot of. Uh, you know things we anticipated. We you you guys talked about it. You know that this roster, it's it was special and it is still special. They won two title. Wait, no, one title. Sorry, guys. They won one uh, title, three straight finals, three straight finals, uh, and and one title along the way. Mm-hmm. And and like you're saying, we I mean we kind of felt there was a sense that like this is the last hurrah for these guys. Like 
the roster just seemed to uh, reach a plateau. Mm. And I don't know, like, I don't feel sad or bitter about that aspect of it. Like, I'm going to miss the guys that are reported to be leaving, you know, because I really love that roster. And someday is my favorite player of all time. So, of course, you know, that's a huge, huge blow. But while we were watching them play this last stretch, it was interesting because it just felt like an open secret, you know, mm-hmm. and we we knew we could watch with appreciation. It was like, you know, whatever happens, I'm just glad that we had this roster for the time that we did. So, yeah. Anything to add from your side, Jordan? I would say, um, I think that the way it played out, very unusual in league LCS, uh, probably across most leagues, actually. I don't think this is unique to LCS. Just to have a, a consistent roster is so strange. Um, I think yeah. the benefit of that is it, it now feels like there there are no what ifs, right? There isn't, uh, if we changed after we won the title, which many teams do, there would always be that nagging feeling, that, that nagging thought in your head of what if we just kept this roster together? Could we have done it again, right? Um, so it, it feels like this is, they've had their chance. It doesn't feel like it got cut short. They had uh, every opportunity to show us what they could do, uh, and they did a lot. And I don't think there's any remorse either about how we played. I mean, obviously, we wish that you know, who, who doesn't want to win three titles in a row? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but to be there competing, that's that's great. That's more than we expected, honestly. Um, and and so now, you know, I think it is it, when you talk about players like someday. You know, um, if you if you didn't watch or you haven't seen it. They did the Hall of Fame ceremony, and they get he had a short speech about two minutes long. Hmm. And you could just this see is how Hundred much, Thieves Hall of Fame, just yes. to satisfy yeah. for yeah. people listening. Uh, you can see how much it meant to him, just the organization, right? Mm-hmm. So he's been on this team for five years, basically since the very start. And um, it's so for me personally, I'm glad that he is uh, collecting the bag, right? Uh, in no small <laughs> part, thanks to thanks to you all. And but that, it's like he's one of those players who I, I want the very best for him in in his life. And yeah. sometimes that means that he he needs to go elsewhere, and I don't have any. It's kind of like LeBron after he left Cleveland the second time, mm-hmm. where everybody you know nobody burned his jersey. There was a gratitude, thanks, appreciation, um, and excitement that he came to do a thing. He accomplished it. Someday lifted the trophy, um, and now it's it's on to whatever's next. And hopefully that means getting paid a heck of a lot of money. <laughs> We certainly do uh, believe that he is. Uh, he he was, he's, he's means a lot to the Hundred Thieves. And he's still great. He's still, he's still there. Very, he's going to be a very little, good player. Uh, mm-hmm. this yeah, is that not was the at most. All a, a like. Well, I guess you guys are getting the uh, the leftovers of his career. Like he is still playing at about as high level that, as he ever has. That was the most unbelievable thing. I think we were watching him this season. Like, this is probably his best split ever for us. <laughs> Uh, that I don't know how I feel about that because every year, every off season, right? It was so at some point, you know, he's going to be too old or he's going to start mm-hmm. getting washed. And even though we love him, we know he's going to fall off at some point. And he just didn't. He just kept being, you know, the most valuable piece of our whole construction, you know, and, and our most consistent performer. I don't know how he did it. I don't know how it was possible, but I do know that as Jordan said, we got five years of the kind boy and he gave his all, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we are really grateful to him for that. I mean, he was in his, uh, hundred thieves hall of fame speech. He was actually shedding tears talking about how much, um, John meant to him, John Robinson, how mm-hmm. much, uh, Nade shot meant to him, you know, and, and that was just a real moment. So, yeah, we definitely, uh, I think what the thieves did for, him was pretty nice this is the first time they did the hall of fame and definitely the first name that jumped off for me was someday uh, mm-hmm. we will dive into him a little bit more because again we already prefaced this there's a tie-in there's a you know <laughs> yeah. a, a mixture of dna if you will um, of how you guys uh, saw him and were able to um, be benefited from a lot of his great plays and his great years that you've given you to you guys coming to the thieves or that's the rumor uh he's coming to the uh, evil geniuses as the rumors mm-hmm. go but before i jump into the off season this is something that just popped into my mind and i love having you both here because i feel like i'm expanding my circle of people who actually will talk lcs with me my my, my immediate 
circle. Nobody knows what esports is or why I'm involved in it. Um, <laughs> he he, like when you think of traditional sports, there's always a person, there's always a player that's like the face of a franchise, and you expect them to sort of stay with the team or maybe retire with the team. But in league esports, you don't see that a lot um, or at all. I don't uh, I don't think I remember too many that stayed with one team. And so in terms of fandom, in terms of a sense, does this, uh, is this a sort of a drawback for, uh, you know, fans, uh, you know, not knowing that they probably won't have a player that they can root for until from beginning all the way until they retire because they won't the likelihood won't stay with the same team. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, I think it's, it's going to be rare that you have that case, especially in the LCS where we import so often, like, mm-hmm. you know, your, your franchise player, it tends to be a star player mm-hmm. and star players in the LCS tend to be imports, right? Like historically speaking, that's kind of the truth. There have been some counter examples, right? You can think of Sneaky, you can think of Meteos. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like that those early C9 teams that had so much magic to them and some of those guys had really long careers and um, the fans got to watch that. But even even Meteos, you know, he, he left C9 eventually, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Sne- <laughs> Sneaky, I guess, did not. He, he played, <laughs> you know, he played the whole time there. Um, there may have been, you know, Bjergsen stayed with uh, TSM for, it was that his whole LCS career maybe, but the the point is it's rare mm-hmm. and you actually are in a position to maybe witness that with Jojo, right? Like you have potential franchise player that was homegrown mm. and uh, that's a really exciting opportunity for you. Someday feels like he's a homegrown player for us mm-hmm. because he was there from the founding mm-hmm. of the franchise and you know, he was, he was that cornerstone. So we, we benefited from that even though he had, you know, a very good career before he came to 100 Thieves, he was a very well-known LCK player. So, yeah, it's just, it's it's just interesting to see how it works. There's some extra dose of magic <laughs> about certain players and mm-hmm. things just feel right for them and you can't really explain it and someday in 100 Thieves just felt right. It had that magic despite his former stints at other teams. Someday was a thief. <clears throat> uh Dyrus, another example, TSM. Mm. Um but yeah, I mean it I think it's uh my guess is it'll become less and less common. Especially I mean it'll be really really interesting to see what the uh the contract or the, the budgets how yeah. that changes things. Mm. I mean I think one of the things we're we're seeing and that we expect to see is that um you know typically I think if you have a a franchise player uh you you do what you can to incentivize them. We've actually seen that create some problems with rules in the past, right? Uh, orgs <laughs> throwing incentives at players that they're not necessarily allowed to at the time they offer that incentive, but maybe afterwards. Um, pays to have a friend in Riot, huh? It does <laughs> pay to have a friend, yep. You got to have that, uh, that, brand, that brand strength. Um, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see because what you're going to have is you're going to have teams who are, for whatever reason, uh, flush with cash for a specific split uh, or year while contract negotiations are going on if your your team that you're a franchise player with is not in a, a situation like that i'm i'm guessing that you're going to have a wide disparity probably wider than you've had in the past even right mm. it felt like in the past there were probably you know five to six teams at any one time that were capable of throwing out a pretty heavy contract to somebody uh, my guess is that's probably down to three, two to three, uh, you know, from what we've seen in the past. Obviously, that's just, you know, napkin math. Um, but I think that probably as, as a result, there will be fewer teams that can really lock in a great player um, over the course of multiple years going forward. That's what I expect. Yeah, absolutely. And even when you bring up the hope that Jojo Pion is going to break that mold. My guess is the odds are going to be against us once he reaches a certain point in his career. But I think he's special. I'm hoping to see a lot more years of him. But I, I'm guessing as the trend goes, he's going to probably be our version of a someday. Uh, <laughs> we'll, see. well, that means you'll get many happy years. <laughs> I right. sure hope so. Uh, 
fans are not gonna <laughs> like me i'm gonna probably lose my spot here and be branded as a traitor or someone who's like a non-jojo pin fan elaine's gonna kill me that's for sure <laughs> uh, for those who don't know elaine yeah, is a huge jojo pin fan she's all over twitter you'll hear <laughs> an episode from her soon and that is in the works so guys uh thank you for your thoughts that's helpful to kind of uh for us to kind of think about like are we at the precipice of something different, some new changes that will help? Or are we going to, you know, see more or less the same? But all in all, I know you guys are not going anywhere. 100 Thieves forever. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere until, right. unless, you know, the franchise does something. Uh, <clears throat> no rumors, <laughs> nothing out there yet. We are still very young. So that's, you know, we're still trying to establish a foundation. Winning championship helps. Championship. Yes, that singular. Uh <laughs> hoping for more you might you might get another shot here soon we sure hope so we i am for sure excited about our rumored roster nothing is official but you know things have been falling into place um but as you guess i want to give you the floor first to jump in you guys had a lot of farewells to say papa smithy was the first of the dominoes to, to kind of uh fall that caught me by surprise i'm not sure you guys are caught off by surprise by that um any thoughts? I, I, I mean, I was a little surprised in terms of um, the reasoning that was given mm. for him leaving because uh, <clears throat> I think all of us kind of assumed that most hundred thieves offseason moves had to do with money mm. because you know it had been reported that the spending is going to be pulled back for a lot of orgs and hundred thieves was certainly on that list, um, and so I kind of expected yeah Reaper's probably an expensive coach. Uh, Papa Smithy's probably an expensive GM. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we we separate at some point. Uh, then, you know, in Papa Smithy's statement, he made references to just having like kind of uh, uh, a difference in how he saw the the vision of the program from mm. when he started versus now. Like he still wanted to build it the same way, and Hunter Thieves felt differently. Now. I still think that probably has to do with money at its essence because it's probably things like, and we don't know for sure, right? Mm -hmm. This is all speculation. Right. It's probably things like investing in the amateur team, which it appears that Hunter Thieves will not be running an amateur mm -hmm. team as of today, right? Um, or uh, or spending money on content, which, you know, at the beginning of Papa Smithy's tenure, we had a lot more content being put out than at the end. And I, I don't think that was necessarily Papa Smithy who chose for it to be that way. Um, so I think there were probably some philosophical disagreements, uh, disagreements about how to run the program that mostly boil down to money. So the uh, the overall decision, not really surprised. It's kind of couched in this weird, like maybe it has to do with talent development. And in, if that's the case, then I am surprised by it. But overall, I just think it's mostly money at the root of things and it kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. Jordan and I, I think both, you know, Jordan, don't let me speak for you. You can... You know, you can say your thoughts as well, but I think we both have very warm feelings towards Papa Smithy, who took us through a very dark period of time for Hundred Thieves fans and got us to the promised land, right? Like, how can you not uh, love and respect the job that he did? Plus, he, you know, he was a visible presence in our own community beyond doing interviews with us. Um, he, and he would be in our Twitch chat. He would be in our discord. Like we are a tiny slice of hundred thieves fans and he still made time for us. So, you know, uh, there's lots of reasons to love him and be sad that he's gone and that's going to hurt in a way. Um, but we also can be very excited. I think about jungle juice being the new GM. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's just kind of like changes that you have to go through and certain circumstances force your hands, whether it's losing someday, whether it's, whether it's losing Papa Smithy. Ultimately, we're um, going to keep marching on, but that doesn't mean we, uh, we're we not going to miss those guys. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll just add, you know, um, I think the he, he accomplished what he came to do, mm. right? Built a world-class League of Legends program, did some new things, um, you know, identified some incredibly promising up-and-coming NA talent that we we'll be seeing we have been seeing in the lcs we will continue to see in the lcs um basically i mean if you want to get really nitpicky i'm sure you could find some things that you could you could criticize them for just because nobody's immune from that um 
but in my view, he accomplished what he set out to, and and that is um, that that whether you're here for one year or three years or five years, you know, checking all those boxes, I think the only appropriate response is gratitude um, and acknowledgement, right? That like, yep, that's mm-hmm. he he gave us a lot. So, uh, you know, personally, bummed to see him go, of course, yeah. just like someday, um, but excited for him. He's got a cool opportunity at FlyQuest, it sounds like. Uh, you know, I'd say for this, the, the health of the LCS, uh, he's somebody who is, you know, his his title, it sounds, encompasses more than just the LCS program at FlyQuest. Um, we need more people like him in the LCS. He's, you know, he has always been kind of the, the, the adult in the room, just very uh, kind of measured approach to things. So... I think it's good for the ecosystem, right? That he is staying mm-hmm. in it, that we're not losing him from the LCS, although he's not on Thieves. So it's kind of like, look, if you're a long-termer on the LCS, you want more people like Papa Smithy on an LCS contract somewhere. It really mm-hmm. doesn't matter where. We just need more people like him. Yeah. So glad to see him sticking around. Absolutely. I yeah. think um, I, for one, can say watching him come from a LPL or LCK, LCK caster, Coming to uh, North America, he had an immediate impact. It didn't take long to find success once he landed with you all. I'm sure his fingerprint will still be on, on the org, what he has created, what he has set out. Champion mindset can't can't replace. That. And the amateur scene, I mean, the talent developments, it all started from you all. We, we just have that um, moniker of homegrown talent on the LCS stage, but that didn't start with us. I have to, you know, all the names that you guys can remember coming in from, you know, not knowing where they're coming from. We're not recycling old faces. Uh, yeah. Well, I think a lot of that has to do with shared DNA again, mm-hmm. though, too, because, you know, you did have Kelsey mm-hmm. um, helping to build those programs early on, you know, t- taking the same kind of philosophy and porting it over to what you guys were doing. So, you know, <clears throat> there, yeah, there may be some like, oh, like, you know, maybe we were doing certain things first before you guys, maybe you guys were doing certain things for us before us. I think the fact is, you know, you have had success bringing up your homegrown guys mm-hmm. and we have too. And that's ultimately good thing for the scene. And, um, I just wish that we got as much credit for it as you do. <laughs> I will say that I'm uh, jealous of EG in that respect. Well, you guys will have a chance this year. I am excited for two of the rumored players that are going to be starting for the hundred thieves. Um, you guys want to run down to the roster, what the rumored roster is, and you know it's only a couple of more Before hours until we, signing. Just mm-hmm. Go ahead. One more quick note, you guys. I mean, you have speaking of Kelsey Moser. Yeah. You have Kelsey Moser back. Yes. And mm-hmm. I see today that you uh, have hired Freeze. Yes, so we did. Shared DNA. <laughs> you guys are on a roll. It's going to continue. Yeah. Um, those are those are some absolutely outstanding uh personnel to add so mm-hmm. hats off yeah yeah but yes let's we can talk about the rumors yeah in our sure. in terms rumors. of the off season your org and my org well the fans of our org we we mirror in a lot of like goodbyes and welcomes and so <laughs> yeah uh let's talk about your roster how do you want to guys start how do you guys want to start this well, let's let's first of all, and you know, I can just I can just run it top to bottom and say, you know, what the rumors were, where we kind of landed. You know, we're we're calling this uh, free agent Eve since mm. it's the night before. <laughs> nice. And uh, at this point, it seems pretty decided what's going to happen with us. Uh, though it was it was up in the air. Um, <clears throat> you know, just as a as a background piece of information, you know, I mentioned earlier, it really seemed like Hundred Thieves was going to not spend very much. And I know some names on this roster kind of lend themselves thinking maybe we did still continue to spend. Jordan and I are both of the opinion that we are getting these players at a discount. Uh, We think the player market has kind of just collapsed. And, you know, even though we do have a couple of legacy names on the roster, uh, I think this is still very much like, you know, not a shoestring budget, but it is a a budget achievement. And that's, I want to point that out because I think Jungle Juice as GM did an amazing job putting this together. Mm. So the the roster as presently constituted is as reported as pretty much likely on free agency. Uh, we have tenacity in the top lane, which it was rumored at first that tenacity was going to go to EG. Yep. Then some of the, in my opinion, sloppy reporting 
kind of set it up to to act like Hunter Thieves blocked that mm-hmm. in some way. I don't think that's at all the case. I mean, I think the top lane was not decided for Hunter Thieves, mm-hmm. and we were still sorting out how much we can offer each player. I am I'm willing. I'm I'm sure that Hunter Thieves made someday the best offer that they could given the budget constraints, and I think they were waiting on that to be decided before doing anything with tenacity because obviously if someday is in play we don't want to we you know we don't want to just give away who the backup would be if that doesn't follow through so i thought that report was weird hmm. um but it ended up being that um someday it's heading over to you guys uh tenacity coming into the top lane for us closer in jungle which again was not the original rumor the original rumor was actually speaker was going to join uh along with um double lift which we'll get to in a second um but Closer is someone who was reported to have tested the market overseas. Um, so I'm guessing, again, it came, just kind of came down to salaries. I mean, I think Closer really enjoys playing for 100 Thieves, but he needs to make some money, and I think he was going to do what the best monetary decision would have been for him. And I think at this point, it probably came down to the market getting away from him a bit, and so he finds himself back on 100 Thieves. Um, mid lane has been reported to be... One of the NA goats, Bjergsen. Very surprising to me that <laughs> that's the case. I never envisioned Hunter T. Bjergsen, especially because of how many times he punished us with his zillion. It just felt like that would never be a, a tool in our own toolkit. Uh, but lo and behold, he is here along with the other NA goat, Double Lift, as I mentioned before. Um, again, assuming these players are coming in on drastically reduced salaries. Uh, Double Lift on stream said he didn't care about his player salary because he doesn't need it, and that he was just looking to get you know back into the competitive scene. Um, so I think that kind of explains how that magic was possible, and I'm sure the idea of playing with Double Lift was something that helped round out the roster. It's like, hey, if we can get Double Lift, then Bjergsen's probably a lot more interested. Closer's probably a lot more interested. Um, but interestingly enough, I think Double Lift has been quite enamored with Busio, who's our final person on the roster. Uh, Busio in the support position, who is, uh, again, a 100 Thieves homegrown guy, and he's getting the nod, and he uh, appears to have what it takes to be one of the next NA superstars. So if he pans out, Doublelift's going to have a really, really fun time playing with him, and our bot lane could look totally different, and we're feeling a roster that has two legacy guys, two promising NA talents, and one current and a star, he's a, he's an import jungler, but in the LCS, he's a star player who has been, um, you know, kind of the engine for 100 Thieves over the past three splits. So, again, given the budget constraints that originally went into this, wow. I feel like over the moon. Like, this is mm-hmm. so much more than I thought w- that we would end up with. Um, so, I think, Jordan, you and I both are feeling like we really somehow put together... Uh, a team that has potential to to probably be in the top four conversation. Yeah. Beautifully summarized, Cole. And I will, I will add my sincere thanks, appreciation, gratitude. the The team behind Champions Q can expect to receive a Christmas card from me this year, because I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's because of Champions Q that Double Lift is, uh, is wanting to play with Busio, mm. right? Uh, those guys. I mean, so. Can you play with somebody in solo queue? Yes, you can, you know, or could you duo with them? Sure. But uh, I believe they were just grinding champions queue and, and double lift uh, got his, his uh, experience with the different supports kind of throughout the scene. Um, had enough exposure to Busio. And again, like uh, there will be people who know the exact specific story behind this. I've, I watched some of his streams kind of as champions queue was, um, picking up around worlds and i do remember him always enjoying playing with busio right so uh big ups to that team because champs q clearly um is bringing people together and now we have this bot lane uh in part i'm sure thanks to that yeah and also uh uh, jungle juice like wow 
Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Jungle Juice. <laughs> this is a very exciting roster, even in within our Evil Geniuses Discord, because we we have some people there that really uh, paid close attention to Academy. Andrea, go for it. Mm-hmm. So Tenacity and Busio are not uh, strangers to them. Now, um, I've also gotten a chance, if you guys haven't had a chance to listen to the Namen pro- podcast, I don't know if you saw that one. Mm-hmm. Delfino, yeah. huge Busio fan, just yeah, had to is. like... <laughs> share everything that she knows about him but we also got a uh, an interview with peter dunn who had seen busio really before he was famous when he was just streamer when he was just a streamer so mm-hmm. you guys have an exciting one here and that's this also plays into the fact that you're able to i didn't know about the uh, salary or the the money constraint but you that was the whole point right of homegrown talent you get two we'll call them rookies um they're rookies to the sure. lcs yeah. stage right yeah. i mean yeah, tenacity LCS was kind of, six-man roster right six-man roster <laughs> he was officially on the lcs roster but by all accounts you have two rookies and sure. exciting ones at that they're they're not just given a chance because we run our ideas cough cough imt dude yes <clears throat> they, it's such it's such a good point to, to underscore that like it is not it is not what we had out of Academy that we have to patch things up with. It's actually the people that we were targeting the development of the most mm-hmm. and everybody's the most excited for. Exactly. That's, that's so good to point that out. I think it's a simple point, but I think a lot of people are missing that. <laughs> and that's why yeah. we wanted him. But we'll take the trade. We'll take the trade. Um, yeah. Well, and I think it's, it's worth noting too that because we've seen this a lot, right? And even for you all, um, with Kauri coming in, right? Like he came in, and I think he performed admirably. I think everybody acknowledges that I he. I thought he was good, man. Exceeded I was, expectations. He's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, like he looked, he looked great in a lot of those games. Um, his Lucian drew bans, and I feel like yeah. that's it's kind of like a bucket list item, right? Like convince yeah. world's great players to ban your champ. Um, so all that to say, he exceeded what people thought was probably reasonable to expect um but i think under ideal circumstances that's not your debut right Mm -hmm. a lot of players who um are as good as him probably can't handle that level of stress and that intense a spotlight for their introduction to professional league of legends um so i'd say he's probably the exception Mm -hmm. right and and personally i'm just excited that we're having we have a couple of people who everybody is optimistic about and excited to see and they're going to get their start at essentially the optimal time right which is i think you know assuming that they're doing lock-in i feel like they it's it's never clear until like Mm -hmm. the lock-in eve if it's going to happen or not um but you know them getting started there getting some best of experience you know it's going to be great uh and we've never had that as an organization we've never had a promising talent who has come in at kind of the optimal time. So personally, I'm very excited to see them ease in to an LCS career instead of be thrown in um, to one, which is usually what we see. Yeah. Um, do you mind if I make another couple points yeah. about the roster? Prime? I, don't mean, I don't mean to drive yeah, your podcast. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot to say on this topic. You know, I because um, I thought it was interesting. There's not universal love for the roster that 100 Thieves has put together. Hmm. Um, so I just wanted to point out a couple things. First of all, I think this is virtually as close to a something for everyone roster that you could possibly have in the LCS. Because what do people like? What do LCS fans like? There's a few things, right? They like NA talent, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so we've got our, like we mentioned, exciting, very promising, potential superstar even prospects that are starting out of NA. So check the NA talent box. What else do they like? The GOATs, right? If you like legacy players, we got the two legacy players that that are from LCS. Do you like content personalities? Then you will love tenacity and double lift mm-hmm. and closer. You know what I mean? It's like you you have that already built in. Busio's a great streamer mm-hmm. too. Like he streams. Bus- yeah, Busio's a good streamer too. Stream. Yeah, yep. he's you know much smaller scale, but he's gonna fit in so well mm-hmm. um, with the team. Um, and then you, you also have, like I said, a, a cornerstone engine kind of player in closer who's returning in closer was a, uh, content wise. He was also like a, uh, a, a, a favorite, you know, from hundred thieves of the past three splits. So 
there's it's like I don't know how you want to slice the cake, but there's something conceptually that pretty much every fan would like. And if you have personal, I don't like this player for this reason or that reason, then maybe you're one in a million and there's no one on this roster that you like. But there is something for everyone here. Now, I know one of the criticisms is going to be with these legacy players. How good are they? How good is Bjergsen? How good is Dublin? Bjergsen looked more than serviceable to me last year. He looked totally fine. He looked good. You know, he looked at a top half and a mid. And double lift, it remains to be seen. But the ceiling for it is potentially very good for both of those guys. And the floor is they don't do super well. Like, say double lift doesn't really pan out. It's not like he's just not the same guy. We can rotate Unforgiven in. We can rotate the first team, first all all pro LEC ADC into that spot. It's like, guys, come on. What what more do you want to ask for? And guess what? If you wanted a rebuild, say you wanted to be like, ah, oh, let's just completely rebuild this. This is still a roster built towards 2024. This is still, hey, guess what? Sniper is going to be around in a couple of years, guys. And and we have veterans tutoring the young guys. We're going to be able to prepare them to take over and lead and win the freaking LCS. So I don't, it's just really hard for me to see criticism of this roster. I get, you know, wondering how, how well the veterans are going to do. But other than that, come on. Like just hats off yeah. for this roster construction. And I don't think on paper we're going to have the best roster in the LCS. I don't think that, but I think it's a very good competitive roster. I put us probably top four. Yeah. Um, the lower bound is maybe top five, right? So mm. it's just like, come on, like, what are we doing here? Uh, I got to say that that's where I'm at with this roster. The the competitive side, you're not going to do worse than it was. A, it was a great roster you guys had for 2022 and 2021. But this is no less any lesser. Uh, they have a you have a solid floor. I get top. I have I have you guys at top three. I still think I still think that the other rosters need to be put together and show it. I, I know. Yeah. You know, C nine. Uh, there's just something there, and I'll talk to Freeze and Havoc about that later. But um, I am excited <laughs> for this roster. There is a lot of good storyline there. Like I said, it's something we worth paying attention to when we are excited about homegrown talent, and we're excited about you know the legends. Uh, they're they're Hall of Famers. They they have to be Hall of Famers. Yeah. Double if and Bjergsen. Yeah. And so yeah, that is um a, a well put together roster and i'm excited for you guys just waiting to see who the coach will be i'm sure it'll be an exciting one because your old coach is now our old coach our new coach <laughs> <laughs> yeah please take care of the many people in your organization who have spent time with us we love them we want them to be happy and to do well Please take care of them. And so in that, in, in the space of that transition, we will be having to take care of Freeze <laughs> someday. I already talked about him. I think uh, the consensus is he is either an upgrade or a side grade from Impact. And, you know, yeah. we, we've... That's, this is a good thing, by is. the way. He plays a similar style to Impact. Mm -hmm. And in most cases i feel got the better of impact so this yeah, year the he did. worst case oh, yeah. is it's a side grade and potentially an upgrade mm -hmm. like dang man and, and you don't have to change your system of play mm -hmm. you know because he plays the same right. way that impact does man mm -hmm. that's a good that's a good fit but i'll miss him i'll miss him he's a smart man he'll probably retire as a thief but we have him for the foreseeable year <laughs> and noting that um Tell me a little bit. We, we already touched on Someday a lot. I think, um, you know, his uh, the way we are able to make uh, Boomer Impact, you know, take him to Worlds. I don't think Someday is quite up there in age yet, so we got a good amount of years left in him. But tell me a little bit about FBI because there, for me, there's tales of two FBIs. It's pretty much the flip-flop of Someday, who had a down year in 2021 and an amazing year in 2022 for me what i saw from fbi was he had an amazing 2021 i i 
don't know how much of you if you remember that year but he looked like you know just outstanding yeah as an adc and yeah. 2022 maybe he wasn't asked to do too much or whatnot but he was solid he never he was never like a bad uh, but it was not the mm-hmm. same level yeah total agreement from us on that um i know it felt like it felt like he was ruthless and he was going to dominate the lane get early kills in 2021 um we've often speculated on our own podcast what changed since you know since it was the same roster jordan made a couple of very smart observations about changes to the game that riot made in terms of um uh the the turret changes and the tp changes and stuff like that not enabling the bot lane play early quite as much but honestly it just felt like maybe something with him and who he like it just wasn't as effective as it would be and i don't mean like they were feuding or they had chemistry problem i don't mean that it just it just didn't have the spark that it once did and so in that case i i see fbi going to you and immediately improving being with vulcan mm. and just having like kind of like a fresh slate mm. you know he's like all right this is a new environment he's got something to be comfortable with in someday but he's got a new support um and he's in a position to succeed still and i i think he'll capitalize on that he may even have a grudge you know for like wanting to prove himself after because he he knows himself he knows he's he said it in interviews that he performed under his own expectations so i think you're getting what is a great player that was in less than great form and i expect that he's gonna return to a a higher form on your team yeah the the thing that for me was the signal that there just was something off was when we saw him You know, for a while there, the meta was not super friendly to his champion pool, like his preferred style of play. And then we saw Kaisa come back into meta, and he didn't pick it up, and he wasn't playing it. And for me, that was a, a sign that he something just felt off. Yeah, you know? it should be a signature champ for him. Yeah, yeah, it felt. I mean, you think about the early days, like the first split we had him. I think he had some kind of crazy win rate on that champ, and it just it, it never really came back into the rotation. Um, so. Uh, you know who knows why my guess is it was it's it's a little bit of uh like cole said i think there's probably just kind of a confidence thing or the or um the way we were playing the game just didn't that didn't fit into kind of the overall macro that we were going for so i think obviously new team uh, partially new coaching staff but <laughs> similar coach um you know these it's an opportunity to kind of reset for him mm-hmm. and you know as with all the other people who are coming out of the, the these organization, like still a player I really like, and I hope continues to do well. So, you know, personally, I, I'm hoping to see him continue to dominate in lane for you guys. And uh, hopefully the, the change of scenery is, is what it takes to get him back to that point that we know he can be at. Thank you so much for just kind of uh, letting me feel that I'm not alone in this, just uh, being crazy about <laughs> what I'm seeing. But uh, FBI is certainly, he's, he, Look, Huhi and Vulcan are a completely different type of sport. Well, not maybe completely different, but they have a different style. And so perhaps this is a, a uh, more suitable fit, and hopefully we'll, we'll see a good chemistry. What I will say is those 100 Thieves versus EG games will be spicy, and I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. And it's sure going to have a lot of storyline yeah. writing on this one. It'll be the one time that I'm not rooting for, uh, for you guys. Um, <laughs> I root for CLG when they're not playing us just because of the Luger Poom situation. I'll now be rooting for you all because of Sunday FBI and Freeze. Um, but, it, you know, it won't get to the point where I'm rooting against Thieves at any point. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that's safe to say. No matter how much we love Kind Boy. Yeah, exactly. We hope to see you guys back in the finals. I think that would be an amazing, amazing point. <laughs> Story great result. <laughs> That'd be a great result. Yeah, a yeah, hey, yeah. Spicy. We'll take that. Let's build the narrative now. E.G. versus Hundred Thieves, Battle of uh, the Formers. Let's do it. I will say we have a lot more competition this year. FlyQuest being on the ups with the rumored roster, we'll have to see. I'm really looking forward to see what happens there. But um, we have challengers coming in from uh, C9 as always. Um, but I think this will be a setup for an exciting year. It's new. It's a lot of changes. It really is. For me, it feels like we had a good um, 
a good team in the build, and suddenly we lost the whole coaching staff. But the incoming one really helped, knowing that Kelsey is there at the uh, helm. Uh, I don't know too much about our academy, Galul, um, but Freeze, you are familiar with him and his style of coaching. Uh, how long was he? He came from the Golden Guardians as well? Yeah, he came along with, with them. With the team. So okay. mm-hmm, that would have been... Gosh, what is that? Is that five splits, six splits that he did, mm-hmm. I guess? Jeez, that's weird. <laughs> that feels like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, you yeah. don't think about these things until you reflect on them. But um, like I said, we have a lot of crossover, yeah. a lot of similar type of, you know, growing pains, or maybe there's not too much pains that goes on, but there's certainly a lot of newness to us. And this is to us for 2023. Fellas, thank you so much for your uh, participation here tonight. I know you got something planned up. I hope I didn't take too much of your time. Oh, you're fine. We're here for you, man. <laughs> Why don't you let us listeners know how they can connect with you, how they can you know bug you guys about someday FBI or freeze. Um, <laughs> let them know what what's in the works for you all. No, no returns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, you can find us on at uh, hundred talk pod for Twitter. Um, we are 100 Talk Podcast on YouTube. We are um, usually, you know, in the off season, it's not quite as regular that we're um, we're streaming, but we're usually live on Twitch at again at 100 100 Talk Pod uh, twice a week. Once for a, a podcast on Mondays, and then on Thursday nights as well for community games. Usually League of Legends, sometimes Rocket League, sometimes uh, Warzone, Call of Duty, whatever Valorant. Valorant. Um, so we have a lot of fun with our community in that. In that respect, uh, we'll tease officially for the first time. Jungle Juice will be on the podcast yes. a week from today. So we will have Jungle Juice on 100 Talk next week to talk about what I hope will be the announced roster by that time. Uh, and uh, just to catch up with him, I mean, something you, that is overlooked with, uh, with Jungle Juice with Joseph is that he is basically employee number one for 100 Thieves. He has been there. He, he scouted out the original team. He's been there forever. He spent time as the academy coach. Um, he has definitely paid his dues, earned his stripes, and he is very beloved, not just by us, but by um, you know the, the upper management at 100 Thieves who's so instrumental in launching this brand. And we're really happy for him to get this shot. Uh, I feel like it's well-deserved, and I'm really looking forward to talking to him. We've had him on the podcast a few times, and it's always really insightful. Like I feel like it's some of our most insightful League of Legends discussions. So that will be really awesome. That's uh, 8.30 Central this Monday. So follow us at 100 Talk Pod on basically every platform, uh, except for Hive. We haven't done that yet. Hive. We're still not thinking Twitter's going <laughs> to disappear yet, but we'll see. Hive. I don't even know what that is. I mean either. Yeah, yeah. It's, first it's, time it's, the, it's, it's the Twitter backup, mm. basically. <laughs> okay. It's the Twitter radio, waiting room. <laughs> Thank you, folks. And you can always tune in every week. Live Evil Pod. We're on Spotify. We're on RSS.com. And hope to soon expand to Twitch and YouTube. Fellas, thank you yeah. so much. And until next time, Evil Geniuses Army, live evil. Mm.